Welcome to Community Beyond Camo, where we discuss everything military spouse and beyond. I am Kristen Jacobs, a mom and former military spouse turned successful entrepreneur. I've gathered years of experience and some crazy stories about navigating the unique challenges that we face as military spouses while working on our relationships, our family, and building our own careers. Each week, myself and my guests are going to bring you stories that inspire you to keep going when things get tough, give you a laugh, and let's be honest, sometimes a good cry when you need it the most. You'll leave this podcast feeling connected, supported, and ready to tackle whatever life or the military throws your way. We are here for each other. We are a community beyond camo. Let's get to it. Hello, hello. Welcome to Community Beyond Camo. Today, I have a very special guest. I have Sarah Curtis on with us. And she is, if you don't know her, you should. And we'll get more into where to find her in a little bit. But right now, I'll just let you know. She is the creator of a Military Wife's Life blog, which is a platform that really validates the experiences of military spouses and loved ones through, we'll get into this later too, but through powerful poetry, information-rich blogs. So it's really kind of a one-stop shop to go for any resources or any questions you have or just to relate to check out her blog posts. And there's meaningful artwork for the home. She has some really great friends that she will happily share and, and genuine love. So Sarah is also a mother. She's an Air Force wife and a small business owner. So let's get into it. Hi, Sarah. How's it going today? It's going great. You say all these things and I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel really good. Well, I mean, all I did was describe you. So thank you for doing what you do. I, sometimes it's nice to have people reflect back to us how amazing the work we do is. And if the, I, yes, I mean, like the work is felt, the reward is an offered scene, at least on yeah. my end, you know, so. Yeah. Take notes, people. You know, it's it's what you do from the heart. And it's, it's truly, I think a lot of what we do as military spouses, it's, it's just filled with a lot of, it's a lot of passion work and filled with compassion for the people around us and the people that we serve. And so... Yeah, you don't always see. But part of that also is, I know a lot of the the artwork and the print, there are beautiful things that you can obviously buy for your own home and yourself, but it's also probably used a lot of the time as gifts yeah. for people that are moving or going away or going to their next location, duty station. So then you don't know really who it's going to. What you can do is send best wishes with the package. Well, just got I just got a, an order to for fifty prints, and they're just going to give them out to people as they leave their training. Oh, that's nice! Yeah, it's really cool. It's like such a cool way to remember where you've been and all the experiences you could. Right, I know. I'm just imagining some people's homes that <laughs> you have been in. And so, what biggest letter I ever did in different prints was eleven. So yeah, wow, it's a lot. That is a lot. It's a lot of moving. It's a lot of picking up and moving. So let's let's start at the beginning. So you met your husband in 
college. Mm-hmm. He was ROTC and then after graduation became active duty Air Force. Tell us a little bit about that that beginning journey, meeting him and yeah. the transition of girlfriend to wife to ROTC to active duty and, and yeah. what all came with that. Well, it was a lot of changes all at one time. But going from dating to marriage was really nice because for us, like we didn't live with each other. So it was like nice to finally live with them. And but like it didn't really change anything on like his ROTC side because they didn't really do anything with like spouses or girlfriends, you know, like they maybe have one like they'd have their military ball once a year. And that was like kind of about it. That was kind of the most involvement we had, which was I was fine. I was fine with because we had friends and things we were doing. And then when he got to D, we moved 10 days after he commissioned into the Air Force. And it was like, like he came home the first day of work. And he was like, I have literally no idea what this is. Like, this is not the same Air Force I was a part of. I don't know what's going on. And I was like, well, I definitely don't. <laughs> so it was like kind of the start of like just digging into all the things I could find and all the things that I would need. Because like, it was one thing for us to join kind of like he had already committed to the military before he committed to me, you know, like we didn't even know each other when he signed his contract. And so that was like slightly in my mind, but I really just didn't think about the fact that he was going to like be joining the military. It was just kind of like, oh, we're getting married and you're in the RTC and who cares? <laughs> right. And then he like, you know, got orders and I was like, okay, let's move from Utah to Florida and you you got 10 days after you graduate. You've got five days to get there and then go house hunting for 10 days and then it's right to work. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> like, here we go. Real life, you know, so we're right. like a little bit overwhelming. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that it's funny you mentioned that because I think for a lot of spouses in the very beginning, it is. It's you realize that you're marrying a person who is in the military or will be active duty military. And you, it, it's sort of a honeymoon phase. Like it doesn't really hit you that you're really signing up oh, yeah. to kind of be all, almost, almost be on their contract with them. Like where they, well, you're on their orders. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it, it can kind of be a real wake up call after that first move with all of the changes oh yeah it's definitely like uh like instantly you're just thrown into the middle of this like this working you know big huge functioning military mm-hmm. and like you're just kind of like it's stuck in right here as it's going and like it's like not without like bumps and bruises that's for sure and i don't think it ever really ends the bumps and bruises but you just kind of figure out how the machine goes it, it makes you stronger. I think it makes you a stronger person. Like you, you learn how to work with the machine versus getting bumped around by it. Yes. I actually, I, that reminds me because I, I'm going to sit here and the whole time. Ooh, that reminds me of a poem from my book. That, there's, there's a poem in my book and I'm going to have to sit and find it for a second, but it talks about resilience and how like in order to be resilient you first have to go through the hard and the rough i'm gonna mm-hmm. find it yes while you're looking for that i'm going to go back a little bit so i mentioned that on a military wife's life blog that there is poetry 
But more recently, within the last, what, two weeks? Has it been longer? I mean, for me, it's felt like forever, but I think I started <laughs> talking about it two weeks ago. Yeah. Sarah released a book of poetry, and I will let you talk to that a little bit. So it's it's called Sitting in the Unknown. It's a collection of poems for military loved ones. So it's not just not just spouses, but anyone who loves somebody in the military. And it's a lot of raw and vulnerable feelings that often come with military life and the challenges that, you know, come with that that machines of the military. And so it takes you through three different seasons of life that I've found what really resonate with me of surviving, of living, and of thriving. And it takes you through the kind of paradoxical almost experiences that like real counteract or contradict what's the word? Contradict. There we go. See, this is why I write and don't speak. But they contradict each other of like, oh, I'm so solved up in home, but like now they're messing up out like my system. Like obviously I want them home, but like I had a way things were going and now it's like getting messed up. Yeah. So it just goes through all of those feelings that sometimes maybe we don't want to talk about with other people or like feel like we're gonna get judged. So yeah, I found the resilience poem. So Right. I, if you're okay, I will yeah. read it. But yes. And this is in the living one because I feel like for resilience for me, where it's talking about the difficult, it's also talking about the strength that comes with that. So here we go. Resilience. What a paradoxical word. While we use it to flaunt strength, it also inherently contains painful circumstances. In order to be resilient, you must first be stretched and tested and bent. Must maybe we were talking about it and maybe think about it. Yes. No, thank you for that reading. I feel really special right now because I will say I I have not read that one. But the ones that I have seen, the words are just so beautifully curated. Like there's they're just so beautiful from very, like you said, raw, real life relatable circumstances. So Thank you. Right. And I don't want to like turn it all into like a book thing. I just, it just, I can't help now. Like, because it's like all my experience is encompassed into a book. I just like keep thinking about all these things. And I'm like, oh, I should share this. Well, I mean, it's, it's such a proud moment to have such a part of yourself out there for people. And it's, it's almost, it's very vulnerable too, you know, to have that piece in you out there. So with that book of poetry, you also offer a lot of resources for the military community, especially spouses that may not know the resources exist. Because I know as a young military spouse, the things that I experienced and I was going through, (laughs) I didn't know necessarily where to go and or, or even where to research. So having that available is incredibly valuable, I think. So talk a little bit about, I know you mentioned you really dove into the resources after that getting that first duty station and kind of being thrown into the throes of active duty life. Talk a little bit about what what experiences may have prompted you to start diving into resources, where you would go to find a lot of them, and what inspires you to to offer it sure to everyone else 
initially, it was very much just like, I want to know what's going on. Like, because when he commissioned, I was pregnant. And so I was mm-hmm. like, one of the first things I thought about when we, you know, joined, like, got here to Florida. And he was like, I have no idea what's going on. And I was like, well, what about baby? Like, how's that going to work? Like, with insurance? Do they hate, like, just like, there's like bajillions of questions that get to my mind. So a lot of it start, a lot of it started as just like wanting to know more. And I got to the point because we had friends that were going through the same experiences. They were like, unique questions. And I was like, just, well, just like share, you know, and start something where other people can go. If the answer's not there, then they know somebody who they can. So it, doing the research, Sometimes it sucks. I'll just say it because it's um, list page after page after page, not answers or like literally contradicting answers on two different websites. And it's like, well, do I believe? And even like, especially like across branches where it's like, you know, TRICARE is the same with all branches, but like they'll give you different information in different branch pages. And I'm like, this is like overwhelming. So that's another reason why I wanted to do this just because like, it it's a lot and you don't want to have to sit and do what I did and research for like a week about like how to get your child tricare you know like yeah it's just I have a whole blog post on that if you're wondering if you're pregnant and you're wondering you can go look at it but it's just and I will link the pages in the notes so if you are curious they're there please go check it out so what would you say you found as the biggest challenge at a new duty station? It's a good question. I think initially it was, you know, feeling settled because we did one move out here and then we have been to two other bases for trainings and we like our home stayed here and this was our main station, but it was like technically longer than what a TDY is supposed to be. But they were like, oh, we'll just extend you and still call it a TDY. Mm-hmm. but now it's like dumb that now I know all these things but like I just, I also really like it because it makes me feel like more control even though I'm not but yeah yeah <laughs> at least you understand it yes yeah it's just nice and I know not everybody's like that and that's totally fine so you don't have to know all the things and you don't if you don't want to you can live blissfully not knowing and that's totally fine but it was like initially it was like I don't know where to go like I don't know you know, the, the logistics of it. And then it was like, now where's my people? I'm all by myself. Like, right. I don't know anybody here. And so it was, it, um, we were blessed to make friends quickly. And usually it was through, you know, somebody who would chase new at work that he also knew they had a, like a young kid like us. And so they would invite, they would invite him over to dinner and I'd be like, Please bring all the people so I can feed them and make friends. But it's definitely the community aspect of it, I think, was really tricky. And I think still is. Like, even though we have a great community around us, it's still it's still hard because, like, some of these people are in the military and understand a little bit more about what's going on. But then there are other people that aren't, which is fine. I'm not going to only be friends with people in the military. But... The people that aren't just don't, I don't know. It's it's different. It's just different when you're not part of it. You can't fully appreciate or understand that life 
until you've been in it, I think. Well, it's it, it's it's hard. Yes, it's right. And it's that's another thing actually, like I'm sorry, I just can't help but bring this up. Like another thing I talk about in my book where it's like, you know, you can only fully understand somebody to an extent. Mm-hmm. Like even if like we've got friends where they're they did the same training and they did the same at the same job, got right. like, very similar lives as us. They just don't kids, that's it. Yeah. And our lives look wildly different, you know, like right. it's, it's significantly easier for them for some things and significantly easier for us for some things. And so it's um, isolating almost just because I like, I don't know. Everybody, everybody else has their challenges that they're going through and their difficulties. And it's hard to be the one to like bring that up and talk about it. And so you just sit with all those things, you know? And yeah, yeah, it's hard. And I get it. I get so, it so much. How do you, what do you do to help combat that isolation? Well, go to therapy. Yeah. I will always forever recommend going to therapy because the spike is free and you don't need I go to therapy. I um, I prioritize keeping my relationship strong with my husband. And I think too, I, I lean a lot into like church and my religion. And so I think having something specific that kind of comes with a built-in community is really helpful whether that's church or like you know like gym where you're like meeting other people that have like there's some gyms where like they've got the daycare there so you can be other friends and other kids and stuff or just like whatever is pertinent to your own situation but more leaning like leaning into that and being willing to be like can't just by myself like obviously you can't have a community with one person no, just a lot of people willing to put yourself out there, which has been many hard, especially for me because I'm such an introvert. That's why we all of our friends we've made are from Chase's work because he's the extrovert and he like brings the people home to me, and I'm like, oh, I met people. <laughs> so, yeah. What about and and I know that just everyday life can be isolating and lonely at times, but what about through deployment? How do you, outside of writing, which is a great way, get through those and, you know, what you do, especially as your children get older, to make it easier for them during those times without their dad? Yeah. So our our deployments work a little different, and it's, like, hard for me to explain without, like, breaking OPSEC things, which is another isolating thing, really harder. <laughs> Our deployments are kind of different, but long story short, he's not overseas and gone. And so it's a different situation for us. It just comes with different challenges, different unique ways for us to figure out life. But there are bajillions of resources out there. And like, if you feel like there's nothing, that's okay. And you can feel like that. But you need to go to my blog post about deployment resources. And then you can look at how many resources there are, because I promise you, there are resources out there. You just need to go and find them, which is, it's, and it's hard to like get to that realization, but I have done the research. So I know, I know it exists for you. Mm-hmm. So it's, well, yeah, you gotta, it's just something that like, again, you have to be willing to put yourself into that mindset. Well, I mean, I think that deployment 
no matter where your spouse is, you're, there's that separation. Mm-hmm. And even though he may not be in a zone that could be as dangerous as others, it's still hard because they're not there. And you still have to work to maintain that relationship. Mm-hmm. And then there's always that that reintegration when they come back, regardless, <laughs> regardless, because you you get used to doing things on your own and your children get used to relying on you yeah. and not that they don't love their dad. Right. But, you know, it's, it's hard for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> reintegration process. Yeah. Well, I guess the other so, thing, too, is like it like what well, I, was, I was thinking of phrasing as you were talking and I was, oh, yeah, totally works. And now it's going to leave my brain because motherhood. Oh, God, no, I know. But (laughs) the most important thing is deployment is hard and reintegration is hard too. So, yeah, it is. So what are some what are some things that you have found to help for you and especially as a mom for the kids? Well, one thing that I did, obviously, is write poetry. And this could come in the form of journaling if you're into that or journaling. I've seen like there's some people see there was something that like actually a lot of people were doing. Really I mean, really anything that you just you're pouring into yourself and not just into the fact that they're gone. So like one thing I always love to say is find something don't find something that makes you busy. Find something that brings you joy. Because if you're just doing something that's going to make you busy, it's either going to make you burn out really quickly or just make you even more sad that they're gone. But if you're doing something that's genuinely going to bring you joy and peace, and maybe maybe not peace, but at least joy, something that you find that makes you feel like happy, it's going to make it easier. And it's not going to make it easy, but it will make it easier. And so that was my thing was like journaling. And for me, my son was like really random. But every day we would have a dance party and we would pick sometimes the same song, sometimes a different song, and sometimes it's sad and sometimes it's a happy song. But we would pick a song every day and have a little dance party. I love it. I I loved it. At first I was like, oh, like we'll probably do it a couple times. We did it every single day. The best. And sometimes I remember to record. So I've got like a reel on my Instagram with a couple of them. But most days I didn't. Here, you know, because it was just like our little our little moment to connect yeah. and to just like let go of like, you know, the things I needed to do and to just focus on him. And that was definitely something that brought me joy, like for sure. So right. Oh my gosh. I know my six year old absolutely at least he used to love dance parties. We would have them regularly. Now he knows how to jam out on his own by telling Alexa what he wants to listen to. We're getting to that point right now and it <laughs> and it's it kind of breaks my heart, but it's so cute because in a way, like, you know, he's six. He's still figuring out his emotions and, and himself. And so I'll listen sometimes to what he tells Alexa. And it's very simple things like Alexa, play happy music or Alexa plays sad music. And, you know, he just taps into whatever he's feeling and Alexa plays whatever goes with that emotion. But it's interesting. And I know. Dance party. Yes. 
And see, that's okay. I remember what it was. A lot of people will pour into working out, which I personally, I, that's not my thing. And I can't do it for health reasons. But yeah, like working out, moving your body, taking a walk. So good. So good. Even even if they're not gone, even if they're not great, it's still so good to just make sure you're taking care of yourself. And not only that, I think that it just, even if you're not able to go for a walk for whatever reason, maybe you don't have the time, just being outside for like even 10 minutes can change your view and your outlook a lot. Put your feet in the grass, (laughs) you know? So yeah, that's really good. One work question before I end up with our last question. And this is just something I wonder, because as as a military spouse who moved outside PCS, you know, Oklahoma's, it can be very difficult when you're educated to pick up and move as often as you have to. And I love that you have found your small business and found a way to channel that creativity. What what did you major in in college and how have you found contentment and peace in your life as a military spouse with that education? Yeah, that's such a good question. And before we get into that, I just want to say like there are so many people who want to be working entertainment. Easy. So Easy. And this is why I appreciate like that I, I recognize that and I'm lucky, but I hated school. Like all bands. <laughs> I don't think it was a lot of it was to do with my ADHD, but I majored in computer engineering. Oh. And I we had to move before I was able to finish. So I just mm-hmm. got my associates and it was just generals because I was like, This is as much as I have to be able to get a degree. So yeah. We left. And I haven't gone to back to school since, and I probably won't unless I need to, which get super lucky, super grateful I can do that. Um, yeah. So for me, I didn't mind, but I did still need something to, like, again, pour into. And it wasn't like he was deployed, like he was doing training and it was very not intense. At least some of them were. It was very chill, like he would go in maybe two times a week and the rest of the time he was home. And so it was very laid back for some of them. And so I need something that was like to bring me back to myself because I was in this like mom mode and wife mode and housekeeping like character mode. Mm-hmm. I kind of like forgot Sarah mode. You know? Yeah. It's so easy to get lost in the responsibilities and then the roles you play, which are so important, yeah. those roles you play, but playing like yourself you. is the most important role you have yeah. it acts all of the other ones yes which is a huge huge reason why i also like why i also go to therapy because right now at the point in my life i don't necessarily need to go but it's very healing for my soul to get to go and take the time and sometimes i just do it from home but like to be able to just like take an hour to focus on me and how i'm feeling and not worry about you know what everybody else is feeling, what everybody else needs. So yeah, the reason why I said, sorry, sorry, I'm like, I feel like I'm in it so off track. I just, no, go ahead. Going back to your question, but the reason why I wanted to start working, even though it wasn't like tied to my degree, but doing all my small business stuff was like 
I needed an output. Mm. And so it kind of just like started with me doing research and led to all of these other things. And it wasn't like it started like that. It wasn't like I'm going to sit down and create a business and make money. It was mostly just really all of it. It was just like, I just want to help people. Right. This is so confusing. <laughs> so I just started typing things and putting them out to the world. And it turned into wanting to create beautiful things. And I kind of realized a lot more about like how, you know, my time is valuable and it's okay to charge money for things because I, you know, yeah, the things that I create are like, it's not like it's it's for fun in the sense that I enjoy doing it, but it's not like it's for fun. It's, you know, people, people put these up in their home. Yeah. And I think they're beautiful and so do other people. So anyways, that's another thing is like seeing the value in your worth of what you're doing. So. Exactly. Sorry, my brain's like, boop, 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 boop. thank you for what you do. And I'm glad that you found that outlet because it, it, you know, I think every good business at its core should be founded in service. That's what it should be about, serving others. So I think it will help you definitely with your mission and your goals if you're founded in just how genuine want and desire to help people. Right. Right. That's what's going to guide you. Yeah. So last question. <laughs> what piece of advice, knowing what you know now, would you give to a brand new military spouse? The advice on course is don't compare your journey to somebody else's journey. Have compassion for yourself and understanding and patience. I think it's very easy to see, I'm using air quotes here, seasoned spouses who, you know, have been through so, so, so much. And to see that and be like, oh, well, like, you know, I don't deserve to feel like this sucks because, like, they've gone through way worse things. But no, like, what you're going through is, is hard for you and that's all that matters. So I think having compassion for self, having compassion for others when they find something difficult that maybe you don't find difficult, still recognizing that that's their hard. And yeah, just finding patience and peace. And also, okay, second piece of advice is your relationship with your spouse or whoever you love, you know, because that's really why we're here. It's, you know, we love someone in the military. And it's not like, the military and then your relationship it's like your relationship and then way down here is the military yeah and for how important the military is that means your relationship is like whoa way high you know so that's just like definitely continue to foster loving understanding relationship yes uh, being kind yeah. being patient with each other and just loving each other you know communicate yeah those are my two pieces of advice sorry you asked for one i gave you two but no, I love it. Okay. So pieces of advice. Number one, your feelings are always valid. Do not compare your journey to other military spouses who may be more seasoned. Do not ever feel guilty for feeling the way you feel. Your experience is your experience and it is valid. And yes, <laughs> put your relationship with your spouse as a priority because it yeah. should be. 
Yeah. yeah. Great advice. Thanks like, so much, <laughs> Sarah, for coming on. I always appreciate speaking with you and hearing what you've got going on. And well, I'm so excited your book of poetry is out. So everyone, go get a copy. By the way, you can get it on her website, but you can also get it on several other platforms. One being Spousely. Yeah. Yes, yes. And then Am I Right? Is it on Amazon? It is Amazon and Barnes and Noble and a couple. There's like a list on there. Yeah. So if you just go, it's, I mean, you can find the link, but it's just a militarywifeslaw.com forward slash book and find all the information there. So wonderful. Well, thank you again, Sarah. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Community Beyond Camo. 